Hunter, before we let you go, let's let's talk about your other your other bag, your style rankings. Oh yeah. Let's b- before we get to the to the NBA as a whole. Who has the By best? Way, both of y'all, I see you with the hoodies too. Oh man, trying to do what we can. I'm yeah. not I'm not Damian Barley, but you know I'm doing what I can. Okay, <laughs> calm down. Who's who's got the best style on the Sacramento Kings? Um, I, I would say probably Malik. Yeah, I, um, I I would I would have bet Kenny's house. You said Malik yeah. Monk. Yeah, yeah, he's uh. I just I, I like expressive fits and he he had a grill one time that was pink. Um he he like he's pretty versatile. He came with like Doc Martin boots and a leather jacket, but he he can also like put on different um t-shirts and jeans. So he he's pretty versatile. So so I mean Look, man, I, I don't feel like I'm an old guy. I feel like I'm pretty fashion forward. You know, I you know, I dress good. I'm dressing with the times, but we just we just going back to the big wide legs now, huh? That's what we're doing now. I, I'm not a fan, Hunter. I got to tell you, I'm not a fan of that, but we, that's what they're doing now. He's just going back to the big old wide legs, huh? Yeah, history is definitely repeating itself. Oh, my gosh, that's so people, ugly. People used to make fun of MJ and, and uh, Shaq in the baggy suits and whatnot, but now we kind of we're, we're seeing it all over again. Come on, man. I'd cut the first player who showed up in a baggy suit. <laughs> nah, we I, ain't I doing that. Brave. Didn't um, didn't Jalen Green have a, a it's kind of oversized suit on draft day? Did he? I think. He yeah, did. I was I was actually uh, I was I was working the draft at that time. I was still when I was working with the NBA and I was there and it was it was cool, but it was definitely reminiscent of like the OGs. Jeez. Yeah, like it's <laughs> all right. It's if ugly. the if the pants so thing are back, like uh, all right, shirts, don't do the suits. Like don't <laughs> yeah. do, you know one of the, it was simple, and I love I love as your both the out there stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I I love that. One of the coldest suits I saw like in the last couple of weeks was Steph's. Steph's oh, at yeah. the White House. Oh my oh, yeah. God! Right. And yeah, I think it, I think fresh. part of it was the color. The color was just. Mm-hmm flawless it was almost like this blue on my hoodie like it was just a flawless color and i thought it is the simplest suit but it's perfect yeah i I definitely that week included it in the rankings and said that too like it was a pretty classic suit like it's not anything that's hard to get or something you're not going to see often but um it, it just it went well so hey uh i'm not even gonna hate on this one kuzma getting number one huh Oh, I ain't even mad at him. I'm not mad at him. That was kind of swaggy. I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely probably have to include that just for shock value, but it definitely it won't it won't be towards the top. I wonder if I could show up at the Golden One Center in a cardigan with nothing underneath, open. It's <laughs> only one requirement your, your for face, that. Your, your knitted face mask. Well, that feels like one a really too for them to let you do that. Is that? Kuzma could have thirty or forty low key at any point, so yeah, it's Kuz. Yeah, I guess. And he's he's known for doing kind of like he had a really baggy pink sweater one time. Oh yeah, that's that's Um, iconic. Yeah, so he he takes risks all the time. What'd Uh, you think of uh, Shannon Sharp's cardigan in the in the T Morant melee? That's been a subject of great discussion the last (laughs) couple days. Yeah, that was uh, first. I mean, it was cool to see them like dap it up at the end, but. yeah, I think it was just two people getting excited about about the game, and I understand both sides. Like, if I'm if my son is Ja, I'm probably making T look like he just chilling at at, at all games. But <laughs> um, 
And I mean, and Shannon, he's a huge LeBron fan. They're like close friends. So, but what'd you think of the blue, the the baby the blue cardigan that he had? On? Oh, you know, oh yeah. I mean, it was dope. Um, I I don't think I'll be able to pull it off like that. But Shannon, it, it was a it was oh, a that thing was fire. Is you there, could pull it off. That yeah. thing was fire. It was nice. It was nice. I, I'm gonna sure. ask you something. You don't have to answer it if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. But is there somebody where you don't like their style in the NBA right now? Uh, Nah, because most most times, like, if the teams or whoever is posting it, it, it's something that would be, like, a consensus, like, general thing. And if anything, nobody is just, like, pulling up to the games while and, like, uh, people do have misses. Russ, people kind of get on him for having, like, hits and misses, <laughs> but does. I've included him a few times. Uh, but, yeah, guys just come and sweat sometimes, stuff like that. I don't think he's, like. I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not feeling SGA, man. I'm not, I'm not feeling SGA's fits, man. I haven't, I haven't seen many of SGA, and I know he's like the consensus number one. Yeah, I he's think he leader. got GQs. Yeah, he got like, GQs. I'm not guy. feeling yeah. it, bro. I don't like the mm-hmm. looks. I, I'm not mad at it, but it, I mean, it's just so many different ways that people dress now. Like Jokic is seemingly only coming in suits. Um, he has teammates who, like I said, like will show up in in the Nike techs. So, yeah. Jokic looks good. He, he, look he, good. He, 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 I think he could calm down a little bit with his remarks about how he dresses, but I think he looks good. <laughs> right? His, yeah, I his, agree. His, his, his suits are hot. Uh, Hunter, we're locked in. Great work over there at the Athletic, man. Great work covering the Kings this season. Uh, we appreciate you so much. Look forward to talking again soon. Likewise, appreciate you, fellas. Care, big dog. That's our man, Hunter Patterson. We got to get Hunter like a his own show. I just want to listen to Hunter talk. Like Hunter got that, that, that great. He, he voice. don't get his own he, show he, he, uh, he between the sheets. Okay, so we we'll put it. We're gonna put him on there over on uh, uh, that that uh, HD two station. <laughs> right. Play nothing but slow jams. Hunter's gonna be the voice guy over there. Yes, it's quiet storm here. Hunter, uh, damn, HD2. I was about to say, but what was the what was the guy's name out of L.A. The, I think he's the Asian guy. Theo. Theo. Hunter yeah. Theo Patterson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hunter Theo Patterson, indeed. That's base right there. Yeah. Oh, man, Hunter. Good stuff from Hunter. If you're not following him uh, on social media, do that. Uh, he is at every Kings game. Like, yeah. he is covering uh, the Sacramento Kings. Um, and, I, and, again, like, I love that. The more – you know, the more the better this team does. It's like, hey, y'all are late, but it's cool. Like, I get it. No one wants to cover a losing franchise. Uh, the, 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 the better this team does, uh, the more coverage we're going to get both locally from guys like Hunter mm-hmm. uh, and, and Anthony Slater and nationally, obviously, in the publications at The Athletic. But you mentioned the the Brian Winhurst podcast. I didn't get a chance to listen to the, to the Hoop Collective podcast, but I did read the accompanying article uh, with it that was just very – you know, complimentary of Mike Brown and and and, and what the organization is doing, and mm-hmm. I, I I mean I'm 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 gonna do the math. I don't know this for sure, but I just I'm I'm doing the math in my head, knowing how the game works. Mm-hmm. I'd imagine Monty McNair is gonna wind up on Adrian Wojnarowski's podcast mm-hmm. pretty soon. The uh, math is math, and yeah, I'm I'm just <laughs> uh, I'm I'm trying to make one plus one equal two. Uh, that's all I'm trying to do right there. So uh, it's it's good stuff, man. It's it's good stuff for us. It's good stuff for Kings fans. Uh, in general, and <laughs> trust me, we know firsthand uh, how much Kings fans love to consume Kings-related content, uh, and the fact that it's out there more and more is 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 a blessing for all of us. And you know what, man? I, I know national media they can do whatever they want, man. You know what I'm saying? Like they 
If they if they want to come around now, like sure, it's, it's no big deal. There's only a certain few where I like no, don't come around now. Like I don't want to mm-hmm. hear your opinions. Coffee boy and little coffee boy. Coffee boy and the barista. I don't want to hear what you have to say. Because mm-hmm. people like that, they'll be like, oh, uh, you get mad when there is no national TV or national coverage. But when we talk about it, then you get mad at us. No, I only get mad at you guys. Everybody else in the national media, they can say whatever they want. They can come around and want to light the beam and do all this other stuff. That's fine. Those two, get my coffee and shut the hell up. I do also. We talked about this last week with James. We established some parameters. Our, our, our man Matthew Beck here on YouTube.com slash ESPN1320. I'm sorry, Bill Simmons cannot light the beam. No, hell no. Absolutely no. not. He, if I he heard wants him say to sit, that, too. He if he wants coming. To, if he want, that's fine. You yeah, can sit can. next to Vivek yeah. if you'd like to. You cannot light the beam. No, hell no. And if I'm Domas or De'Aaron or HB or Keegan or whatever players over there doing that interview, getting ready to light the beam, and he puts his hand up, it's like, hold up, player. Back up. Stand over there next to the owner, and we're gonna, we're gonna, we're, just we go. We just enjoy the show. Seventeen thousand of us are gonna light yeah, the beam. Just enjoy Not the you. show. You yeah. can't. You, you don't get you to light the, light the beam. You just just enjoy the show. Yeah, Bill Simmons don't get to do. light the you beam. You can come here, you know, because there are people who are, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a treated like trick trick. You you can't come through here. Yeah, that's right. There are people like that. Bill Simmons is not on that list. You know, he don't have to tap in first. But don't, don't mean be, he get to light. No, the beam. you ain't lighting the beam, though, bro. Like, uh, settle down. James James was on something. We need to establish some parameters yeah. about who can light the beam. Skilo can't light the beam. No. Well, Fifty can't. Skilo, I, Skilo wasn't even asking. He just he knew better. He just got astray. Well, no, he, 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 he wasn't even inquiring. Oh, and we had to remind him. I just that you can't light. The beam. I just we need we, again. I think I think a great I think I think a great barometer. If you're a halftime show, you can't. <laughs> like Wonder Mike can't light the beam. <laughs> But like Warren G can, like yeah. whoa, 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 Warren Jiggy Jiggy Jizo can like too short can light the beam. Red Panda cannot light the light the beam. Oh man, I was I, I, there is there is there is there is no halftime act in the league that the fans are more invested in than that woman. Oh, they were in their seat in their seats like the whole half-time. just willing her <laughs> to get that last that 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 last flip and look. Present company included. We're up there watching like, oh, I don't know. I, I, doesn't look like she's got a good rhythm. I I don't know. And then, of course, the 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 first kick, the the, the, the bowls go tumbling down, and second one comes around, oh, and the crowd's buzzing, the crowd buzzing, the flip happens, and one of the biggest Austin pops pop. of the night. You get that Austin pop. Yep. It was unreal. I had never seen a halftime show get that kind of pop. It was the biggest pop of the night until Keegan started draining threes in the fourth quarter. Mary! This was the, the uh, Red Panda was the Friday night game against mm-hmm. OKC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dr. David in here saying Ron <laughs> Burkle wants to light the beam. Ron Burkle. Ron Once Burkle. again. Ron, once again, he's on the list. Don't let check it, in. You better check in like Trick Trick. He, I'll deny you, he, but you better check in. He can't even get into the Golden One Center. No. Hell don't no. even let that man in flat stick or echo on rig. Hell no. He, he, he can't can, be in Doko. Facts. He he can go to Makuni down the street. He can eat there. Can he? Well, that's up to Taro. We'll let Taro decide whether he can eat there. Ron Burkle can go to Taro's uh, so nice he'll let anybody. R- Ron Burkle Ron Burkle can take his ass to Chicago Fire. How about that? Mm, that's fine. <laughs> Not that's where on, that's where he can go. Is that a knock on Chicago Fire? Take it as you as however you want. There goes our Chicago Fire sponsorship. <laughs> God damn, man. We just sorry, Stacy. He was about to we was we was just closing it out too. 
<laughs> nah, hey, Chicago what? Fire, home of Ron Burkle. <laughs> what? You're like what? Why? Well, I How? only pick Chicago Fire because they're far from Doco. Well, actually, that works. They, actually, I take that back. The one I was thinking about is far from Doco. They have one in Midtown. I thought so too because I feel yeah. like I got something from there. And one I time. think they have one on K Street. No, that's not a Chicago Fire, but they definitely have one in Midtown. I was thinking about the one in Laguna, so I was like far away from Doco, but. Yeah, they have one down. Got a Chicago Fire in Laguna? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I take it you don't frequent there. <clears throat> he can't eat at Slim and Huskies. I know that. Oh, Ron Burkle can't no. eat at Slim and Huskies. Hell no. <laughs> this man cleared his throat. That's the universal <laughs> That's the universal shine for shade. <laughs> that man cleared his throat. Lord have mercy. Uh, James Ham is going to join us at some point. No clue when. Eric Crocker is going to join us. We'll talk 49ers football coming up here uh, at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk more Kings basketball. They take on the Toronto Raptors tonight. Much more ahead. It's D'Lo and KC here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. We all know baseball is a long season. I'm Brett Boone from the Brett Boone Podcast. This summer, take a trip down memory lane with me and hear from the legends of the game. So far this year, I've had conversations with Randy Johnson, Pete Rose, Deion Sanders. Plus, every week we look at the state of Major League Baseball, which teams are exceeding expectations, which ones are struggling to meet them. Follow and listen to the Brett Boone Podcast on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. continues streaming live on the odyssey app if you haven't downloaded the odyssey app yet uh go do so um, iphone android whatever your preference is uh download the odyssey app uh sign up absolutely free yeah. uh search espn 1320 that saves us as you, and then save us as your favorite radio station uh you'll get alerted when dilo and casey go live and you'll get alerted when we go live monday through friday at 12 but you'll also get alerted uh when we go live off hours they have a new feature uh, on there that we're going to be taking advantage of. And it's kind of similar to Twitter Spaces. You could call in. It's got a chatty house. Yeah, man. It's got all of that stuff, and it's live uh, there all in uh, the Odyssey app. So we plan on launching uh, this weekend uh, following the Kings game against the Minnesota Timberwolves, which coincides nicely with the Royal Rumble coming mm. to a conclusion. I, I was about to say, so, like, is the timing? What Are we live? Are we we gonna we might be live. We might be reacting yep. live. We might be live when the Royal Rumble is coming to Ooh. a conclusion. Because I'm guessing the advertised time has started at, at, at four. So my guess is it really five five to eight mm. with the with an overflow likely five to eight thirty. Mm. Kings game ends around seven twenty seven thirty. They got five o'clock start. Right. Okay. So yeah, it'll be about seven thirty. So we're. We're going live like right after the game, mm-hmm. and we'll be all, all, all within that Odyssey app. But you've got it. This won't be on YouTube. This won't be on Twitch, Facebook, nothing like that. Yeah. It's all within the Odyssey app, and we'll be able to take your calls. And, again, it's got its own little chatty house in there, man, so it's going to be fun. No, it's going to be a good time for sure, man, absolutely. The Odyssey app, um, I mean, just another addition to that Odyssey app that that is fire as it is. Uh, you know, I, I have my ear to the street sometimes, you know, on the Odyssey app, and Hey man, I'm just telling you right now. It's not. I don't think there's a lot of respect going on for uh, the NFC West champions. 
this week. Really? Yeah, I don't think there's a lot. Especially, especially, you know, when I have my ear to the street out in Philly. Oh, they think this is about to be a cakewalk. They think this really? is about to be a cakewalk. Not a lot of respect going around, man. Well, we're not showing Philadelphia the most respect in the world either when we say that the winner of the uh, divisional round between the San Francisco 49ers and the Cowboys is going to the Super Bowl. Good so point. Good I point. <laughs> I, guess I, can, I guess I can understand where they're coming from. Good point. But, you know, it's just, I don't know, man. I, I, I think but I think in the actual game, we're here. We're like, yo, Philly is, is the real deal. No, this Philly's is going to be legit. a tough matchup. They think it's easy work. Philly's legit. They've been legit all year. This is a scary game for a variety of reasons for the San Francisco 49ers. These, I, but I, I, I do think the two best teams in the NFC played last week. I think so, too. That doesn't mean that the third best team isn't really, really good. And I think Philadelphia is the third best team. Of course, they have an opportunity to shut that all up. Uh, and Sunday and and Aldrin, he's my guy, fellow Niner gang. It's all good. He said, "Casey, you've been disrespecting the Eagles well, all season." He ain't wrong. I'll tell you this: the Eagles have been number one in my power rankings. You know who's never been number one in my power rankings? The Forty ers So I, who who's who am I really disrespecting out here? Niners. I don't think the Niners ever got any higher than three in my power rankings. You know what that sounds like to me? You ain't Forty ers <laughs> I'm 49ers. That's what it sounds like to me. You ain't no 49ers. You ain't 49ers, pal. I'm 49ers. I just, you know, I, I hear the way people talk about it. Then, you know, there's also some national media talking about it. And, what okay, is the, what, what's, notes. what, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm, I'm not tapped into Philly. What's the explanation? What, what, what is the Rock dialogue? Party. Oh, that's rookie so, quarterback that's tired. coming that's to so Philly. Tired. The atmosphere is going to be too much. You that's know, so they tired. got too many weapons. You know, the the Forty mm-hmm. Niners defense is a little shaky. You could pass all this other stuff, man. Like, they got the ultimate neutralizer when it comes to Brock Purdy, mm. and his name is Kyle Shanahan. Mm. He is the ultimate neutralizer. He doesn't. We. we <laughs> Ridiculous. We we said this about Trey Lance. We said this about Jimmy Garoppolo. We could say the same thing about Brock Purdy. You're not replacing Patrick Mahomes. You don't have to go in there and throw for 350, 400 yards, four touchdowns, and zero interceptions for you to win. Mm-hmm. That is not what you have to do. The zero interceptions part is vital. Mm-hmm. It's important. Mm-hmm. But the three fifty, the big quarterback numbers, the long, you know, the the the, the big, the big, the, the 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 big yard plays, that's not the, the that's not a thing here. Yeah, and it's not a position that I think Kyle Shanahan is going to put Brock Purdy in. And the reason I think that is because he hasn't. He didn't do it last week against the Cowboys. He didn't do it the week before against Seattle, and he hasn't done it in the seven other games that he's played this year. Yeah. I think the Brock Purdy thing is lazy. And and I also feel like with, with with Brock, I think he's going to be fine. Like that's the whole thing. I, I people are waiting for, you know, him to fall off a cliff or anything. I've seen enough. He's not going to do that. Is he going to have this 350-yard game? I don't think so. I don't I don't know anything about that, but I don't think he's going to have a 150-yard game either. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to be fine. He's going to make throws. He's the type of guy and we've heard a lot of people talking about, you know, when they cover these these 49ers games, they say the same thing. The the players say the same thing. They talk about the poise. He ain't gonna be shook by by no Philly crowd or the moment. That's 
there's nothing in his in his in his nature that would say that and it, that I've seen so far. And if he does, he'll snap out of it real quick. The time I saw him nervous, the time to get him was the first half of that Seahawks game. He looked a little like, oh, I'm in the playoffs. Like, this is different. Then he worked past that and threw for like 320 yards or something like that, three touchdowns. You're not going to shake Brock Purdy. I don't don't believe that. I'm I'm completely with you. Uh, But are we going to shake T.C.? <laughs> See what TC got to say. 916-909-1320 if you want to get in on these phone lines. Eric Crocker going to join us here shortly. shortly. James Ham uh, out doing some work in the common area. He'll be in with us soon. Uh, but let's see what TC's got going on. What's up, baby? What's up, baby? What's up with my two brothers? We good, bro. What's up What's up with you, man? How you feeling? Man, I'm, I'm feeling good about this championship game. I just have one thing, Kenny. I'm going I'm to I'm make it quick, D-Love. Look, check it out, bro. I, I called in 95-7-2 with Bonte and then, bro. As Niner fans, bro, we got to quit coming on these airways complaining about Eagle fans talking smack. We do the same thing, bro. Every week, we did it with Dallas. We do it with Seattle. We do it as Niner fans, bro. But something like another fan base, when they come in and act like us, then we all we always going to cry and complain, and we can't do that, bro. It has to be even across the board. No, Philly fans are the worst fans in, in all the sports, like across across sports. Like Philly people, they're 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 next level. Seahawks fans want to talk or whatever. I have my ears streaked with them. You know, they're fine. You know, talk your talk. Cowboys fans, they were extremely dismissive of the 49ers. You know, we 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 heard we heard everything they say. That's fine. Philly fans are they're obnoxious. They're the worst. <laughs> they're the worst. So it ain't about complaining. It's pointing it's about pointing out who they are. They're obnoxious. All right. And that, and that's what we hear from Philly fans, you know. So, it's and I'm just I'm just sitting back. I ain't complaining about it, TC. I'm they say whatever they want. I'm just sitting back. I'm watching, and all I know, all I know, Matthew, is if you guys lose, don't get mad about how I bring that thing back around. That's all I'm saying. Who's Matthew? You know our man, Matthew. What's, what's his last name? Matthew oh, you Pearson? literally you you're literally talking to someone on Twitter right now. But you know him, like you know. Oh, Matthew. I know Matthew. Yeah. yeah, you just you were talking to TC. Well, no, no, I was talking. Then he started yelling at Matthew. I, I was talking just in general, but oh. Matthew's name came up. right Yeah, there. I got. You. But just in general, Philly fans. Matthew being them social media threads hard when it comes I, to his squad, and out of nowhere, be taking unsolicited shots. We 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 talk about Niners' biggest rival and all this other stuff. We ain't no rival with the. We don't care about the Eagles, and he be going in on the on the 49ers. We don't care about the Eagles, Giants, and, and baseball. We don't care about the Phillies. And he always got something to say about the Giants and the 49ers. And it started on, on Saturday. He's not the only one. Mm. I'm just saying. I'm just looking around. I see a lot of dismissiveness for the 49ers. And all I'm saying is I like I like the 49ers' chances on Sunday. I think they're going to win on Sunday. I feel good about this team. I feel good about what they come to the table with. It's good. Who was talking about you? Oh, that was you with with our man Matthew there, just out of nowhere. I, was, I felt like Aaron Andrews. <laughs> Who was talking about you? I don't know, Aaron. It caught me off guard a little bit. <laughs> Matthew's a, he likes the Kings though, so he's all right. Oh no, Even Matthew's he's a Sixers. He's a Sixers fan, but he liked the Kings, man. That's no, my guy. Matthew's Matthew's good people, but uh, he's not my guy on sure. Sunday. For three hours, and that's all right. Ain't no wrong with that, man. That's 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 the beauty of sports, right? That's the beauty of what all of this is. Just the the I I, I just don't know how you 
watch. I don't know how you watch the San Francisco 49ers over this stretch. And maybe that's the difference between you, me, and most of the people listening to this is we have watched them for the better part of the last, you know, nine weeks here Mm. and eight, nine weeks. And there's enough to where, and we started saying this like three weeks ago, like, yo, I don't think Brock is going to be shaken. Like, shaken. I'm not saying he can't have a bad game, and I'm not saying he can't make a mistake. But everyone is waiting, like, for jitters, and they're, 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 they're waiting for the moment where he, he like, crumbles. Like, I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And there's very, very literally zero evidence that we have any reason to be concerned about that. Mm-hmm. But yet it's still a narrative that's being run with, and the only thing you have to go on is that he's a rookie quarterback starting, and not just that he's a rookie quarterback, but he's a rookie quarterback who was taken so late in the draft yeah. that you feel like if you don't have anything else to say about it, you could just hang your hat on that. Right. And it feels weak to me. It is. Man, I'm, we haven't seen our guy, Crocky, in a minute. minute man. It's Let's guy, bring Crocky, it. man. Look, he got a new studio <laughs> and everything, man. Our man Eric Crocker here with us for the first time in a long time. Crocky, what's happening, baby? Oh, Crocky, uh, I, th- I think you might. I think you might be muted, bro. It, 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 check it, one, it, two. Uh oh. Oh man, this uh, is disastrous. We, uh, we, we were just. Crocky, we can't, we, we, we can't, we can't, we can't, just, just, just want to make sure we, we good in there, right, Jesse? We good on our end? Yeah, yeah, Crocky's Cro- 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 working on it. He working uh, on it. But, uh, but, hey, man, uh, this guy Crocky. Crocky doing the old plug. Can y'all hear me? Can y'all yeah, hear me? Yeah, there he is. There, there we go. go. We got you, Crocky. My, my daughter, my daughter messing with, messing with my mixer. So <laughs> Always blaming on, on the kids. When all else fails, blame it on the kids. 100%. 100%. I got Crocky back up here in DLKC. What's up, man? Oh, man, I'm uh, I'm chilling. Life is good. I think the last time we talked, 49ers weren't in a, a, a great place. But now, man, 12 straight wins and uh, things are looking up. Yo, did we jinx it? I hope not. We haven't talked to Crocky since they were in there. Now we hey, got quick, Crocky. quick. Get Crocky off here. Get him, get him off, the, get off the show. Quick. quick. I hey. think the last time I was on, I think they started the run. There so, we go. So there, there we, we go. go. You, uh, yeah. you, I, you threw something out on social. Are you, are you making a move to Philly? I I was thinking about going, but, you know, I'm coaching 707. I think they're tying mm. me down Saturday. So okay. I was looking at all the flights, and I and I think I would I would have to fly out Saturday. Mm. And because of this practice, we have scheduled, and we, and we need it, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think that's going to kind of prohibit me from being able to fly out there. But I want to, though. Yeah, I man, want to. Boy, Crocky, he'd be, he be everywhere. I'm telling you that, man. Hey, so one of the things I talked about um, is, you know, I just, you know, I'm hearing things. You know, I got my ears to the street, Crocky. You know how we do, and. I don't know. I just feel like I'm hearing a lot of dismissiveness when it comes to the 49ers in this game. And, you know, I'm hearing it from Philly. I'm hearing it nationally. Are you hearing the same things? And what do you what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think a lot of that stems from the quarterback position. And as well as Brock Purdy has played, uh, people, the media, they're going to lean towards the more explosive or exciting quarterback. And I think that is Jalen Hurts. You know, he's a guy who had an MVP caliber season. I think like the 49ers, he's loaded with talent as well. But I think all things being equal, you look at quarterback to quarterback and say, hey, this is what it's going to come down to. I I think people have more faith in what they know of, of Jalen Hurts. And I think that's why they're trending towards that way. That That's mm-hmm. what it feels like at least. Mm-hmm. 
But he hasn't had a hiccup like his. In, like, do you see a weakness in Brock Purdy in, in, in what you've watched so far? No, I, I haven't seen a weakness. I mean, I guess if you're just saying, you know, his style of play or his, his skill set, you know, he doesn't have the biggest arm, but he's figured out how to really maneuver around that. You know, he doesn't take some of these risky throws. I think a lot of the throws that he makes are throws that he's comfortable with. I think the throws that Kyle's comfortable with. Um, if he's forced to, you know, be down and it's like, all right, now you have to be the guy, maybe that's what people are kind of waiting on. But I would say, I mean, I think the Raiders game, that was a game where he had to face a lot of adversity and, mm-hmm. and he came through in any type of situation that they needed him to. I think if you look, at this last game against the Cowboys, and it wasn't this amazing numbers game on paper, but when you just watch some of the throws that he made in these key times and what Kyle's asking him to do and the trust that he showed in him, I think he was big time. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know what more people want to see. Again, from a talent standpoint, he doesn't really compare as much to Jalen Hurts, but with the production, I think he he really does. Yeah, I thought he played well against the Cowboys. Like it, like you mentioned, it didn't show up in like this super stat line, even though the stat line wasn't bad, but it wasn't like the Seahawks game. But you talk about the throws that he made, the timely throws that he made. I thought he played well, especially the way that I gave a lot of credit to the Cowboys defense. I thought they balled out. They played as well as I've seen that defense play, especially in the front seven all year. And I I gave them more credit than saying, oh, Brock Purdy didn't do this and that. I thought Brock played well. Damian said it um, at the beginning of the playoffs, and I agree with him 100%. If the 49ers lose at any point in these playoffs, it's not going to be because of Brock Purdy. I'm confident in saying that. I, I think you could say it won't be because of him. But, again, you are just waiting to see, like, when when you have to be the more talented person, will that kind of pop up? Mm. And I don't know because so far he's answered the question that every test that I've had for him personally. Mm. So I don't even know what that looks like. But I know Jimmy Garoppolo, I remember there were times where it's like, yeah, a lot of people say, oh, you can't win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'm like, yeah, you can't. You just might need things to be a little bit more ideal. Mm. And I think for Jimmy – especially in these you know, late playoff runs, things were more ideal until they weren't. Then now it's like, all right, Jimmy, you got to make a play. He wasn't quite capable of doing it. He's like, hey, this is all I got for you. All right, Brock Purdy, we'll see when it gets to that point. But again, so far he's answered all the questions. Will there be a time where you're like, all right, we need you to actually be more than what we've even seen so far, right? Like he hasn't had that game where he has to throw the ball 40 times to win. Right. And hopefully it doesn't even come to that. Right. But if it does – is he capable of just being that guy where it's like, we can't run the ball. You know, you got to make throw after throw after throw, big time throw after big time throw. And what does that look like if he's forced into that type of situation? But again, 49ers do a really good job of not putting any of their quarterbacks in that type of situation typically. But then in that one moment when you do have to be that guy, can you do it? Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't. We Mm. hope Brock Purdy can. Mm. Crocky, when you 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 could speak from that defensive back perspective, when you've got a defense as as talented as it may be, and this the San Francisco 49ers defense is as talented as there is one out there, but they're going against one of the top offensive lines, if not the top offensive line in the National Football League. What type of challenges does that create for you as a defensive back when you you've got such a vicious offensive line up there? Yeah, that's one of the games where every you know you come out of it and. Everybody thinks that the secondary sucks or you got to replace everybody in the secondary. And it's like, man, hey, look, we had to cover for too long, man. You know, that's what I would be saying. Uh, you know, I think the bigger issues for the 49ers against the Raiders, won't, I mean, excuse me, the Eagles, it won't be because of offensive line play or defensive line play or anything like that. It will, 
in my opinion, comes down to their ability to really defend the RPO. And when I watch the 49ers against the Miami Dolphins, they I don't think that they did a great job of defending the RPO. Now, uh, Tua was terrible. I mean, he just missed throw after throw, wide but wide open guys. If you go back and look, watch that game, wide open guys he's just missing. And I think it, the reason for those guys being so open was because of the RPO scheme. Mm. So how the 49ers defended, the Eagles definitely can be a team that are RPO heavy. Uh, Hurts really executes that at a high level. And then when you talk about the run-after-catch guys, kind of like the 49ers with Debo, Samuel, and these guys, man, they got they got A.J. Brown out there, man. They got uh, Devontae Smith. You know, those are 2,000-yard receivers. I think some people – I saw someone tweet out that uh, the Eagles tight end is better than the 49ers tight end, which I think is crazy. But that just shows you that, hey, these guys have weapons too. And if you let the RPO game hit you like – it potentially could have against the uh, Miami Dolphins. I, I think that could be more of the issue than the offensive line versus defensive line. I want to I want to flip sides of the uh, the ball real quick and talk about the 49ers um, offense going up against the Eagles defense. I talked about it just a second ago. I thought the Cowboys defense for the first two and a half quarters or so before you know the Niners did their thing and, and also they probably ran out of gas a little bit too. But I thought they played as well as any defense had against the 49ers all year long. I know the Eagles have a really good defense as well. They get to the quarterback, obviously, like 70-plus sacks on the season. Do they have that same sideline-to-sideline speed to kind of help on those tosses and the Debo plays that the Cowboys showed on Sunday? Or are they just straight, we get after the quarterback, and maybe there's some things that 49ers can exploit elsewhere? I think the Cowboys have a guy that runs sideline to sideline, and he can really cover the whole field. We're talking about Michael Parsons, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're asking me, does Philadelphia have Michael Parsons? No, they do not. <laughs> now, they do have Hassan Reddick, and he's a guy that got a ton of sacks this year. He's a guy that can definitely get pressure. They got some big guys in the middle there. Uh, if Jordan Davis is uh, healthy, the rookie out of Georgia, that clogs things up in the middle. Uh, obviously, you know, you have Fletcher Cox. He's a little bit older, but he clogs things up in the middle. So, you know, those are that's kind of the anchor of their defensive line right there. And one thing I've noticed with the 49ers, man, the run game has been a little hit and miss, mm. right? You kind of look through, you kind of just, you know, box score scout and you look and mm. you say, man, like, you know, the run game, it wasn't great here, but oh man, they had an explosive run and that really mm. helped things out. Uh, can they get the run game going better than they did early in the last game? And, you know, if y'all remember early on, it felt like, man, I'm like, man, is, is there any, is there going to be any room for Christian McCaffrey mm-hmm. to, to run up here? Because it was like two yards, three yards, three yards. You know, it, it wasn't anything crazy. So I expect the 49ers to really stick with it. At some point, can those run lanes open up for Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, and the 49ers like it did against the Dallas Cowboys? That would be huge. But as far as side-to-side guys, I think their, the, their main strength is really in that middle. Mm-hmm. If the 49ers lose on Sunday – what do you think happened? I think they did not take care of the ball, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, think about last game. You know, you have one turnover, and look how close it was. I know the final score doesn't won't really say it, but I think, what, until about three or so minutes left in the third quarter, it was a 9-9 nine to nine game. Mm-hmm. So you weren't really scoring, right? And then you turn the ball over. That could have been really dangerous as well. They were able to kind of weather some of those storms. But if you turn the ball over against the Philadelphia Eagles team who – they can they can really be a high scoring volume team as can the 49ers mm-hmm. but they just you know Eagles just kind of do it in a different way so if you turn the ball over you're going to put yourself behind the eight ball eight ball and I don't think that's the team you you want to do that against are we ready Crocky 
We ready. Let's go. I, I, yeah, I yeah. feel good about the yeah, Niners. Yeah. I feel good about the Niners. Eagles are a really good team. They're a really good team. It's, it's a tall task. I understand that. But I think the 49ers, with the way they run the ball, with uh, the way Purdy protects the ball or has shown to protect the ball so far, and their defense, I think they have the formula to go into a place like Philadelphia in the NFC Championship game and come out of there with the win. Yeah, you, you get to this game, man, NFC Championship game, it's good on good. And I, you know, I talked to my brother. My brother's Dowhart, Dallas Cowboy fan. And one of the buddies in the chat, they asked, like, oh, did the Cowboys lose a game or did the 49ers win it? And my brother's like, oh, the Cowboys, they just lost the game. Like, 49ers. It's like, dude, when you get down to this point in the playoffs, it's typically when it's good on good, it, you, got, you just got beat, right? And when you look at this game coming up here, I know there are some people kind of, oh, man, Philadelphia, Philadelphia. Well, Vegas thinks that if this game was played at a neutral site, the 49ers are the favorites. Mm. So clearly the 49ers are cooking with something here. Uh, the Eagles have the edge because they're, you know, they're away. Uh, what would that environment be like? Sounds like it might be crazy. But ultimately, man, this is good on good. It doesn't get any better than this, man. I'm excited. Yeah. Crocky, great cr- catching up with you, man. We appreciate you so much. Thanks for making time with us. I appreciate y'all. Take care, big dog. That's a man, Eric Cracker, right there. Locked on 49ers, uh, wherever you get podcasts from. Uh, you can check that out again, Locked on 49ers. Crocky's one of the best. And Hammer's one of the best. Yeah, he is. What's up, Ham? There he goes. Hi, friends. How are you, man? <laughs> hey, they lucky I'm not going to Philadelphia. I'll be charging. Everybody, oh, you know, Philadelphia, yeah, I'd be scared. I mean, I'll be right in the belly of the beast. <laughs> be worried about no Philadelphia. I'll be right in there with whatever uh, Joe Montana, Trey Lance, you know, Kaepernick. I probably go with the cap. I'll be worried about Philadelphia. I'd be uh, they lucky I ain't going to the link. I'll be all up in there by yourself because I wouldn't go. Feeling some fake tough worried. guy vibes. I ain't right worried, there. man. I ain't worried about the link. <laughs> I'm worried about the link for. Worry about no link. Too cold out there. I ain't going to go sit in the cold to watch no football game. Uh, I feel good about the 49ers. I think the 49ers are the best team in the NFC. Mm. Uh, but I think Philadelphia is one of the best teams in the NFC. This is going to be a fight. Uh, it's going to be it's, it's going to be an absolute fight on it, Sunday. It is, it is the, the best game the NFC could offer this year. Uh, what kind of game will we get tonight, though, when the Sacramento Kings take on the Toronto Raptors? We'll talk with James Hamm about that when we return here on Sacramento Sports Leader, Stilo KC, James Hamm on ESPN 1320. Now, back to D-Lo and KC. D-Lo and KC on ESPN 1320. ESPN 1320, the Odyssey app, twitch.tv slash ESPN 1320, and youtube.com slash ESPN 1320. If you're watching on any of the video streaming platforms, make sure that you like, subscribe, uh, hit the thumbs up, just show your support for D-Lo and KC and ESPN 1320, wherever you are. We would greatly appreciate it, just as we greatly appreciate uh, our good buddy James Ham. Uh, making the trip out here before the game to hang out with us as we get ready for Kings basketball tonight. The Kings uh, and the Toronto Raptors, uh, two teams that look a little bit different uh, than the last time we saw them play. But let's start with the news that we got right around this time uh, yesterday. Uh, the extension is finally complete. Uh, Monty McNair will be the general manager for the foreseeable future. Yeah, we're looking at a three-year extension for Monty McNair and Wes Wilcox, his assistant GM. Um, this is something, it's weird, you know, like Damien and I, we started hearing the potential of this in early December and, uh, kept being told, no, 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 it hasn't, yeah. nothing's happened. Um, and then this kind of snuck up on them. Like, I, I don't know that they were fully prepared for this 
thing to hit like it did yesterday. So I'm not quite sure how that happened, but, uh, you know, there is no press conference as it, it, far as that I know of at this point. Um, well, I would think you would know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would think you'd be uh, one of the first to know would, if there was one. Probably, I would probably yeah. know, but, yeah. you know, you would kind of <laughs> think that this is one of those things where you at least want something short and sweet with, you know, Vivek and, and Monty and Wes and, you know, just like we're all in on this group and we're excited to move forward with them and, and all that stuff, but we haven't. Vivek's not talking. Did Vivek talk when Monty was hired? I don't think he did. Mm, I don't think he did either. Hmm. That was Zoom. That was Zoom era, and I don't remember a a, a Vivek Zoom. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I've talked to Vivek, like standing courtside with him, quite a few times over the last maybe month. Mm. Not long conversations, but like he's very, very excited. He's also like super intense on like the day to day. Like, how is his team today? Like, how are we going to win? Mm-hmm. Like, he really, really wants a winner. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's the entire focus. And, uh, like, hats off to him. The way to win is to be stable. That's the way to win in the yeah. NBA. Stability is how you win. And by doing the right thing by Monty and Wes, by doing the right thing this summer and allowing Monty to choose the right head coach, look at how well that's turned out. Mm-hmm. And And that's something I think we have to – it's on Monty's resume already. I mean, that's, but we can't forget how valuable that piece has been. The Mike Brown hire mm. has just been tremendous. And we don't know what, you know, Steve Clifford or, uh, you know, Mark Jackson or name that, that potential head coaching candidate would have been. Mm. But we do know that Mike Brown has <laughs> been phenomenal. They wouldn't have been this. No. I could, what? It's Steve hard. Clifford, yeah, I don't so. think would have been. No, this. I don't think so. Yeah. But Mark Jackson, who knows? Probably not. But I mean, Mike Brown I think Mike was is the a perfect coach here. for this team. One hundred percent. You said it when it, when before he was hired. You I said did. it. He was, right. he was on that. That's right. Um, we got it. We got to give uh, Vivek uh, credit though for demanding they take Keegan Murray. You know, yep. everybody else wanted uh, Jaden yep. Ivy, but it was only Vivek who so, said, yeah. "I want Keegan Murray." Yep. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hmm. That's I, how, that's how that's how we feel too. Hmm. I, I do know. I'll tell you this. Like I had sarcasm conver- there for those listening on the radio. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had conversations yesterday, and they're not moving Keegan Murray at all. Like there, no. there isn't one of those things where that there's a deal out there. Like, I mean, sure, if one of those once in a lifetime deals came along, maybe they would think about it. But they have a very very high opinion of Keegan Murray and I think it's only been bolstered by the last two to three weeks as they should James the thing and Kenny and I do this almost every day now because the way Keegan's playing is it's like hey Keegan's playing really well what's this dude gonna look like next year Mm. or the year after yeah like two or the year after that yeah I mean they um they believe he'll be as good as Laurie Markkinen or better like I, I think that they think he'll be better than Lori. Yeah. Uh, like very, very clear. Yeah. So they're not moving him in that deal. <clears throat> and like we, we always say that, like, I'm not, I've never sat here and said I would trade Keegan. Liar! <laughs> I have, what I have said <laughs> is that when you call any NBA franchise, you call the Toronto Raptors and you say, hey, I like OG Ananobi. Yep. What do you, what is it going to take? The Keegan first Murray. thing yeah. out of their mouth is going to be Keegan Murray. Yep. That's where all the discussions start yep. with the Kings. Well, yeah, but I mean that's and that's when, where they end for the Kings <laughs> as well. Yeah, you pivot and you say, okay, well, how many, how many picks? Like, 
instead because we're not doing that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. No, I, I look at Keegan. I've been talking to this, talking about this with, with Damian the last, you know, week or so. And I just envision, I, I wonder, you know, what he, like he said, what he looks like in two or three years. And if he can get that handle right to the point where he's able to create off the bounce on a regular, oh, man, you talk about Laurie Marketing and, and, you know, people thinking he's going to be better than Laurie Marketing. That's that's what Laurie, and, and he's got a lot. Laurie's balling. He's an all-star. But that's what he doesn't have. Like, he not, hey, give it to him at the top of the key and he's going to dribble, break you down. If Keegan can get that to go along with how he catches shoots, whew, sky's the limit. Yeah, and to be honest with you, he might have that. He's just not showing it. So, I mean, that's what I, I kind of dig about Keegan is that he listens really well. He understands exactly what the coaching staff wants from him. And I think early in the season, almost too much. Mm. Like he's almost like reading the syllabus and, and following each step. And he knows exactly what it is that the coach wants from him on week one and week two. And he's so focused on, you know, following the rules. And then every once in a while you get, you watch him and you're like, oh, that's summer league Keegan or, Oh, that's, that's Iowa. Iowa state Keegan is Iowa. No, Iowa, yeah, Iowa, regular, not right? Iowa state. Yeah. Regular Iowa. Yeah. Hawk regular. Iowa. Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what you start to like, see these moments where you actually see that player. And if that, if he can translate everything that he was at the college level to the pro level, then the Kings have a star level player. So you, you think he's – is he playing at the level he is right now because he's relaxed a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, the confidence is there. He's He's gone through some tough patches. He understands that when he goes through tough patches that Mike isn't going to just bench him and go away from him. Mm-hmm. He's going to yell and scream at him. He's going to direct him. He's going to cut back his minutes here and there, but he's not going to lose his job. He's there for the long haul. He's going to be the starting small forward or power forward for this team probably for the next decade. And he just needs to get comfortable in his role and and keep building. And look, the Kings don't need that. Like Mike Brown made a really interesting comment. uh, Was it yesterday? Because I asked him, to me, we were always waiting for this offense to get more intricate, right? So every, every single play would have like all of these variables off the plays. And as a team got to understand the offense longer and longer and they got better at it, they would they would do some different things that you know we're only seeing like 1.0 and i don't think that we've seen a lot of differences in this offense but what we have seen is they've just got so much better at the basics that where they were getting good passes early in the season they're now getting perfect passes in position to fire to shoot mm-hmm. and that's where this team is taking off because we were watching like they got these same looks three months ago or two months ago and we didn't see what we saw in, in the game against Memphis where they you know hit their first 10 threes and 12 of 13 to start the game and mm-hmm. they finished like 22 of 40 from three like something crazy right it's not that the the shots are different it's that every single pass is different every single pass has gone through a refinement and so now they're getting these perfect perfect balls to shoot and uh we're just going to keep seeing them get better and better and mike even said hey like we we're waiting for this thing to kind of grow organically well, like what we're talking about here where we would just keep adding stuff he's like but we also said we're going to let the players dictate some of the things that happen mm. 
and he said we had this this play with Sabonis is at the top uh Harrison Barnes comes around the top and then you know they drag uh Keegan Murray out up higher and then all of a sudden they realize that Sabonis could hit Harrison Barnes standing down on the block for a wide open layup and they just start doing it again and again and again and they said we didn't know that that wasn't even in our in our book of how this offense would work but now it's become like a staple of our offense that that play is part of it and it's all happened organically where these players who each have their unique skill set are sort of growing together in a, in a way that they didn't they didn't know and i think that's the beauty of a guy like Sabonis his beauty of the the skill set of a guy like Fox like what happens off of what they do mm-hmm. There's all kinds of things that will continue to grow and happen with this team, and it'll all be organic. It won't have to be forced. And we can see this saying, not maybe they're, it doesn't mean they're going to start scoring 160 a night, but what it can mean is that they can be so much more efficient. And we're already seeing it. I mean, they're number one in offensive rating again as of uh, today. Um, it's it's the number one scoring offense in the league. they got to get better defensively. We're not going to talk about that side of the ball all that much. Uh, but the offensive side, we're seeing some really beautiful things, and it plays into what Keegan does. Keegan, that's what Mike said. He said, like, look, we we understood that Herter and uh, Barnes would start to pick up on these these things quickly because that's who they are. They're smart, you know, seasoned NBA players. But now we're seeing Keegan fit into that as well, mm-hmm. and he's starting to grow, and he's starting to understand different ways that he can pin down a guy differently than everyone else can because of his post game and find an easy bucket for himself. So, yeah, it's really fun to watch. You know, we I'm glad you brought all that up because, you know, I think a lot of the times, myself included, um, we want we want them to play a certain way, like damn near flawlessly, perfectly execute. This group's been together like 45 games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we look at a Memphis or the way the war – this war has been together – Eight years. That's why they can just make things seamlessly. These guys haven't been together eight months. And to hear you talk about how they're starting to get a starting, not even they have a grasp, they're starting to see things and get a grasp on it. I think that's um, a, a great job by you to just kind of put it all in perspective. Like this is the beginning stages, hopefully, of something that we see for a few years, but this is six at the championships. Very, there you go. There it is. You sure? Or at least you're they, they should now, huh? win. You sure? They at least they should. We can't count the six that they should at least win. Well, that's yeah, the Kenny Caraway logic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, there's they there's definitely going to be some sun. We can add it to they, the 2002 and probably yeah. the 2003 of wow. should have won, no. and do we they, could get up to six. Do really, they still soon. do the yellow tag on the back of the jersey. I think they. Well, the Kings had a yellow tag on the back of it. The gold tag. Remember they used to do that? I don't think they do that no more. The gold tag for everybody that won a championship and they had the number on the tag on on these teams' jerseys. I remember because the Clippers had no gold tag. Hmm. Kings had a gold tag, though. They gave them the Royals one. Oh, that's nice. Interesting. Yeah, Yeah, I I mean. I never knew that. It's fun to watch this team, though, to watch them grow. And we don't know where they'll be in a couple of years, but what we do know is that they're already so much better this year, and they're they're only getting better. Like mm-hmm. like we can keep watching them, and every single game they seem to be getting better. And I think the other point I'd make is like people forget Sabonis turned the ball over eight times, and Fox had six turnovers in the win against Memphis. Memphis, yeah. and they pounded that team. Yeah, I mean they they turned the ball over twenty times, and they won by thirty. 
I mean that, w- and you can say, oh, "Well, Jaw's not there, and Stephen Adams not there enough." Stephen Adams is out three to five weeks. Mm-hmm. That's a tremendous blow to them. All of a sudden, that three and a half game lead for the number two seed mm, that doesn't look nearly as secure as it was before. Mm. So you're starting to see, like, hey, like if this team keeps winning, this road trip means a lot. The seven game trip, yeah. but. What are there? That's six, crazy. Six winnable games on the what trip. What is this? The rodeo road trip? Like <laughs> I, I can't do this. Seven games. It is. Road they are trip. bringing in PBR. They they they, they that's that's real. Yeah. This is the rodeo road trip. It I is. thought that only happened in San Antonio. <laughs> well, it's there funny. You have it. I, I remember when they did the rodeo in uh, a couple of years ago, right before I think it was Katy Perry came in, oh. and they said that when Katy Perry's oh. music started going started shaking dirt from the rafters everywhere from the rodeo because they have to bring in so much dirt that the stadium inside like it's hiding all over the place and they're like oh man was this arco or golden one golden one oh Oh, no wait there was dirt in the rafters yeah there's dirt because i mean you don't just like dirt doesn't just magically show up i thought they i thought oh no you got it you got to bring that stuff in, and every yeah, I thought time... it was like fresh dirt every time. Like I didn't know they stored it. Oh no, no, no! I'm saying it. It gets. It got everywhere. Oh, getting it in it. and getting it out was. Yeah, yeah, it is sense. a dirty job. Yeah, and it, the stuff's Real everywhere. Messy. Yeah, they could go to the Memorial Auditorium. Who could? The the PBR. Oh, I don't. I think, think they, they do could. motocross in there too. Would it and be they do... big enough? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. They we'll could go, they could go, go to, to Cal Expo. The, yeah, the don't, 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 don't get our arena dirty. Yeah. We don't, don't need bulls don't, in there. We don't need don't circuses in there, whatever the hell you are. Go, <laughs> go, 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 go to, go to Cal Expo. Don't you get it dirty. <laughs> we all know baseball is a long season. I'm Brett Boone from the Brett Boone Podcast. This summer, take a trip down memory lane with me and hear from the legends of the game. So far this year, I've had conversations with Randy Johnson. Pete Rose, Deion Sanders. Plus, every week we look at the state of Major League Baseball, which teams are exceeding expectations, which ones are struggling to meet them. Follow and listen to the Brett Boone Podcast on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 